That's music that I think by now is nothing less than iconic. The opening of Vox Balanae, or Voice of the Whale. We heard Vocalise for the Beginning of Time. If you've ever seen that piece performed live, you know that there's an incredible theatricality to it. Imagine the scene. The stage is dark, except for a blue light. In fact, the stage is bathed in this blue light. The three performers are all wearing half masks. 
the flutist steps forward and she begins to play and sing through her flute. This is music inspired by the singing of the humpback whale. And Crumb here is not content to just evoke the singing of the whale. He wants to take us back even further to the beginning of time, the primordial ocean in which perhaps this singing was heard by no humans whatsoever. He wants to personify nature in a dehumanized state. I think he does a fantastic job of it. We heard Molly Barth, the flutist and, of course, vocalist, with Ape Blackbird on a recording called Beginnings. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. Composer George Crumb is turning 85, and I thought it would be fun to have an entire show dedicated to his music. If you know Crumb at all, you know that his music is indelible and absolutely unique. Within a few seconds of listening to any given piece by Crumb, you know who you're listening to. He's created such an incredible sound world. His scores, too, are works of art. They, they move in circles. They move in different directions. He pastes all kinds of things in. He has incredible directions for the performers, including stage directions like the blue light for Vox Ballonet. There's an incredible theatricality to his music. Let's return to this piece, Vox Ballonet, which is really one of his hits. I think it'd be hard to do a show about George Crumb and not include that piece. And for me, there's a personal connection, too. This is the first piece I ever heard by Crumb, really one of the first contemporary pieces I ever heard, period. I was an undergraduate student at the University of Missouri-Columbia. And these three intrepid performers put on a new music concert. And I was sitting in my chair, not sure what to expect. And then the lights go down. The blue light comes up. They come out in these half masks. And I thought, what the heck is happening? And I've been hooked on Crumb ever since. Such an incredible experience. Let's play the last movement now of Vox Ballonet. We started with the beginning of time. We're going to jump now to the end of time. This is Vox Ballonet, or Voice of the Whale, Sea Nocturne for the End of Time. Again, to perform is a wonderful eighth blackbird.
That's Vox Ballonet, The Last Movement, Sea Nocturne for the End of Time. What a wonderful performance by Eighth Blackbird. They take the tempo a little slower than you normally hear it, but I really like it. I think there's plenty of room there to breathe and to really hear those beautiful piano interjections. The cello kind of sounds like a seagull there with those microtonal slidings up and down. And of course, the flute is singing again like the whale, like what we heard in the beginning, although she's not singing through the flute this time. There's still that very beautiful singing quality to it. Wonderful music. This is, again, one of George Crumb's big hits, Vox Ballonet, performed all over the world. You can imagine now at the end of this piece, the audience is almost on the edge of their seats. Stage is black except for the blue lighting, all the performers wearing their half masks. We have entered a state of nature without human beings. This is a piece that Crumb worked on for a long time, very typical of his philosophy. He doesn't just write music. He tries to evoke these otherworldly types of environments and sounds, and he does a marvelous job of it, too. Crumb was often inspired by poetry over the course of his career, and especially the work of Spanish poet Federico Garcia Lorca. And I think that if there's any artist as capable of evoking these incredible otherworldly landscapes as Crumb is, it's definitely Lorca. His poetry is absolutely incredible. We're going to hear a piece now called Ancient Voices of Children. This piece is very famous for its bizarre and often eerie vocal effects. In fact, he has a boy soprano alongside a soprano, so we're going to hear a child in the piece called Ancient Voices of Children. It's also scored for oboe, mandolin, harp, amplified piano, and toy piano, and a typically vast percussion array, in this case, three performers. Let's have a listen to one movement of Ancient Voices of Children. We're going to hear Se ha llenado de luces mi corazón de seda, which loosely translated means My heart of silk has filled with lights. We're going to hear Jan Degatani, soprano, with the contemporary chamber ensemble Arthur Weisberg conducting. Music of George Crumb.
Music that's alternately haunting and kind of violent and really wildly evocative, exactly like the poetry that inspired it. We heard say, Ah, llenado de luces, mi corazón de seda, or my heart of silk has filled with lights. Poetry by the great Spanish poet Federico Garcia Lorca, here inspiring the composer George Crumb, Ancient Voices of Children. We heard Jan de Gatani, soprano, with the Contemporary Chamber Ensemble, Arthur Weisberg conducting. Music inspired by the great poet Federico Garcia Lorca, and it sounds, to me at least, exactly like what that poetry conjures up in my mind when I read it. He's able to create all of these images and mash them into one place. The words don't necessarily make sense in a kind of narrative format, but if you think of the images that pop up in your mind as you read them, even if they don't entirely make sense, well, what a wonderful thing he's able to do. And here Crumb has been able to do the same thing in his music, Ancient Voices of Children. If you remember that beautiful piano that we heard at the end of Vox Ballonet, you know that George Crumb knows how to write for this instrument. In fact, he was a professor of piano at the University of Colorado in Boulder when many of these works were written. So this is a composer who knows the piano and its capabilities. So let's turn to some music featuring the piano. Crumb had written two books called Macrocosmos, Volume 1 and Volume 2 for solo piano that were inspired by the different houses of the Zodiac. And then he wrote a piece called Music for a Summer Evening, in which he expanded this to two amplified pianos and two percussionists, and he subtitled it Macrocosmos 3. Of course, all of this is an oblique reference to the Microcosmos by Bella Bartok, which are a series of teaching pieces for solo piano. Well, here in Macrocosmos 3, the composer says, the combination of two pianos and percussion instruments was, of course, first formulated by Bella Bartok. It's curious that other composers did not subsequently contribute to this genre. So here we have Karam very self-consciously picking up where Bartok left off, writing for two pianos and two percussionists. Let's have a listen to one movement of music for a summer evening, Macrocosmos 3. We're going to hear Nocturnal Sounds, The Awakening. Performing are Gilbert Kalish and James Freeman, pianos, and Raymond DeRoche, Richard Fitz, percussion.
That was a piece called Nocturnal Sounds, The Awakening, from Music for a Summer Evening, Macrocosmos 3 by George Crumb. Our pianists were Gilbert Kalish and James Freeman, and our percussionists Raymond DeRoche and Richard Fitz. I chose that piece on purpose because of the title, Nocturnal Sounds. Very evocative, of course, very Crumb-ian, but it's also because of these sounds that he would have heard as a child. He grew up in a river valley and has said that lying in bed at night as a child and hearing these sounds, tugboats on the river blowing their horns, the sounds of things across the river and how those sounds change as they cross the water, they really fired his imagination. And when he became a composer, he was interested in incorporating those kinds of sounds into his music. In fact, here's a direct quote from him in which he says, Growing up in the Appalachian River Valley, my ear was attuned to a peculiar echoing acoustic. I feel that this acoustic was structured into my hearing, so to speak, and thus became the basic acoustic of my music. I love sounds that have long, slow decays to them. There's very little staccato in my music. So here he's saying that basically these sounds as a child were hardwired into him, and now as a composer, he almost has no choice but to return to that sound world of his youth. I think that's very apparent in that piece, The Awakening. Wonderful performance by Gilbert Kalish and James Freeman at the pianos, Raymond DeRoche and Richard Fitz, percussionists. I think it's the hallmark of any great composer that he can write great music, of course. But also, if you think of a composer like, say, Stravinsky, he can also be inspired by other people's music and yet make it his own. Well, Crumb absolutely has this gift as well. Let's play a piece from his American Songbook, in which he has taken spirituals and other pieces that are part of what we think of as the American Songbook and given them the George Crumb treatment. I'm going to play a famous spiritual called Deep River. We're going to hear the composer's daughter, Anne Crumb, singing with Orchestra 2001, James Freeman conducting.
It's a very famous spiritual deep river that here has been given the George Crumb treatment, so to speak. And I do think it's a hallmark of a composer that he can take a song like this and not distort its original intention. It's still simple. It's still heartfelt. The words are still audible. Everything about the song is intact. And yet it sounds very much like George Crumb and contains his musical sensibilities, especially that sense of resonance, the way everything lingers, and this wonderful ambient background that he has, again, having grown up in the Appalachian River Valley and uh, having those sounds hardwired into him. He likes music that decays very, very slowly, and he even amplifies instruments when he can to give it that extra sense of resonance. Wonderful performance by Anne Crum, who is the composer's daughter, and she was singing with Orchestra 2001, James Freeman, the conductor.
You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. On today's show, I'm celebrating the 85th birthday of legendary maverick composer George Crumb. You can find out more information about the program on Facebook or on our website at relevanttones.com. I'm featuring the music of George Crumb on today's program in celebration of his 85th birthday. We've heard a lot of Crumb's music so far on the program, and I've talked a lot about this indelible sound world that he created, these kind of haunting sounds, and having grown up in the Appalachian River Valley and hearing those sounds as a child and that being hardwired into his sound world as a composer. But Crumb also has a pretty sly sense of humor, and I wanted to make sure that I showed that off as well. And so I'm going to be featuring a piece called Mundus Canis, or A Dog's World. The piece is in five movements. We'll have time to play three of them. Each of the movements is named after a different dog from the Crumb family. Crumb says that it occurred to me that the feline species has been disproportionately memorialized in music, and I wanted to help redress the balance. So we're going to have three movements, Tammy, Fritzy, and Yoda, about each dog, Crumb says. Tammy, a brown, short-haired, full-sized dachshund, and the first dog in our family, exhibited qualities ranging from nobility to capriciousness. Fritzi's piece, marked furioso in the score, expresses a pronounced impetuosity and irrepressibility of spirit. And the fifth movement, the final character in our quintet of dogs, is Yoda, who was rescued from a New York City pound by my daughter. He is a fluffy white animal of mixed parentage and mercurial temperament. Yoda's naughty yet endearing pranks necessitate an occasional scolding from master or mistress. But in an instant, all forgiven, Yoda plops in one's lap. Let's hear these three movements from Mundus Canis, Tammy, Fritzi, and Yoda. Our performers are David Starobin, guitar, and George Crumb himself on percussion. Thank you. 
It's so funny. Bad dog, Yoda. But again, all is forgiven because his pranks are irrepressible. Music of George Crumb showing the lighter side of the composer. We heard three movements from Mundus Canis, Tammy, Fritzy, and Yoda. All of them are dogs from the Crumb household over the years. We heard the composer himself on percussion and David Starobin on guitar, and that's for whom the piece was written. 
I said at the beginning of the program that I couldn't do a show about George Crumb and not feature Vox Balanet, the voice of the whale, because it is one of his hits, so to speak. Well, I, I think the same is absolutely true of the next piece, and that is Black Angels, George Crumb's only string quartet, but what an influential piece it has been on composers and performers alike. In fact, the great Kronos Quartet, who you may have heard of, they founded in part because of this piece, Black Angels. David Harrington, who is the founding violinist, had heard the piece on the radio. He thought Crumb's piece was, quote, something wild, something scary, and absolutely the right music to play. I think that's really fantastic. It was the first piece that they played live, in fact. So a huge piece for the Kronos Quartet. And through the Kronos Quartet and their championing of the piece, it became, I think, one of the most influential pieces of the late 20th century. Black Angels is subtitled 13 Images from the Dark Land, and it really has a lot of dark imagery in it. A black angel itself is an image that artists have used over the years to depict an angel fallen from heaven. By the dark land, Crumb is referring to hell. He uses a lot of techniques to depict these dark images as well, including the devil in music, which is the tritone. He quotes Schubert's Death and the Maiden. There are all kinds of images like this that he was already thinking of, but he wasn't associating it with wartime specifically. But the year was 1970, and of course the Vietnam War was impinging itself on the national consciousness more and more. And so he started to think about the piece as a wartime piece. He said, I came to recognize that there was something of the feeling of that strange time. He's talking about in his music. And he said, that's when I called it music in tempore belli, in time of war. The piece is in 13 movements, but it's structured in three sections, departure, absence, and return. Each section contains a threnody. We're going to hear section number three, return. And if you think of somebody going off to war, you know that if they do return, they don't return the same person. And this is exactly what Crumb depicts in the music. It is an arch form, meaning that it ends the same way it began, but not entirely. The music has been transformed by the experiences that have happened in the meantime. Let's have a listen. This contains God music, ancient voices, ancient voices echo, and then we'll end with Threnody Three, Night of the Electric Insects. Let's have a listen to Kronos Quartet performing this music of George Crumb, Black Angels, 13 Images from the Dark Land.
music that has become very much associated with the Kronos Quartet. That is Section 3, Return of Black Angels by George Crumb, his only string quartet. But what an influential piece it has been to so many composers. It really expanded the idea of what a string quartet could be. I'm not totally sure, but I think that Crumb was one of the first composers, if not the first composer, to have this idea to amplify the string quartet. He called it the electric string quartet, which of course provides all kinds of interesting images in the mind. But what it really does is give the players the ability to do those incredible whispery, paper-thin sounds and have the audience hear every little nuance within the sound. I one time got to hear Black Angels performed in quadraphonic sound. There were speakers all around the audience members. And when those little sounds come out of the walls like that, well, the effect was incredibly creepy, exactly what the composer intended. And it was an amazing experience. That's the last section, Return of Black Angels. It contains the subsections God Music, Ancient Voices, Ancient Voices Echo, and Threnody Three. The performance was by the Kronos Quartet, who has become very much associated with that piece. In fact, it was the first piece that they ever performed, and perhaps one of the reasons they got into new music in the first place. Black Angels by George Crumb, almost certainly his most iconic piece. Well, it was hard to choose the pieces for today's program, but I tried to find a balance between pieces like Bach's Ballonet and Black Angels that are really iconic pieces for this composer, and then pieces you might not ever have heard, like Dog's World, that also show off a very different side of George Crumb. But no matter what he's doing, no matter what period of his output, he's always very driven, and he has this incredible attention to detail and meticulous craft in composition. This is something you see in all of his pieces. In fact, his scores, he labors over them. They're all handwritten. He's never used a computer program, and I think they're kind of works of art on their own. If you have a chance, you can go to our website, relevanttones.com, and check out images of a couple of them because they are, well, they're pretty wild, (laughs) and I think you could frame them and hang them up on your wall. But this idea of absolute meticulous craft, but at the service of a larger spiritual dimension is so crumb. In fact, we found a quote in which he basically says this. He says, music to him is a system of proportions in the service of spiritual impulse. And that's it exactly. I have this idea of him building a kind of box. It's perfect, meticulously constructed. But the idea behind this is to convey the listener to a different realm. Happy 85th birthday, George Crumb. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders. For more information about the program and the artists we've featured, you can find us on Facebook, and you can hear this and all previous programs at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is brought to you in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. I'm Seth Bostead, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.